What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Big Show Podcast, brought to you by the two of us, Alex and Ethan, this week, bringing you the best of all things Big Ten football. Uh, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, follow, leave reviews, all that stuff. Follow us on Instagram at Big Show Pod. Ethan, we've got the transfer portal is is blowing up, man. It is freaking insane. And there's a whole lot going on. And on top of that, National Signing Day is tomorrow. Are you ready for this? This is freaking mayhem right now. I'm I'm gonna be working, so I work I work a late shift tomorrow. So it's gonna be I mean, all while I'm working, it's gonna be just like having it up on my other screen. My other screen is just gonna be designated to National Signing Day. <laughs> And seeing where people are going. Yep. Me and the wife are doing our Christmas, just the two of us, tomorrow morning before we travel back to the mitten. And I'm going to I'm gonna do my best to have the self-control necessary to not check my phone while we're doing that. But I, I am looking forward to this. It's going to be crazy. I'm not expecting a whole lot from Michigan, but there's always crazy stuff that happens on signing day. And, oh, these, yeah. and these kids with their commitment fake outs, bro, I mean, it is just, I'm ready yep. for it. I'm ready for it. Inject it into my vein. It has, I will say, with the transfer portal being the way that it is, it has definitely lost some of its luster. Because there are tons of kids that are going to that are gonna commit tomorrow, and they will be five-star, four-star kids. They will never play a snap. They'll get red shirt their first year, and they will be on the move using their one-time transfer. Look at what's going so, on with Texas A&M. Like, they had right, the right the best one class, class. Mm-hmm. and now it's just a mass exodus from Texas A&M this offseason. Mm-hmm. Well, because those kids ain't getting that money two years in a row. Right. A bunch of them didn't play. Right. A bunch of them didn't play. So... And Texas A&M was booty. Oh, so bad. <clears throat> so you're gonna see you're gonna see a lot, a lot, a lot of changes. And I think I think you're seeing it with Michigan right now. The transfer portal is gonna be a place for fifth year seniors to be like, hey, this team's really freaking good. And I wanna go win somewhere. And if they'll have me, I'm going there. And, I mean, you've already seen it with – and we're going to talk about it more as the podcast goes on. But, um, yeah, I mean, transfer portal is huge. But National Signing Day also just – it's just a really cool time of year. You know, just a lot of fun. It's good good old school fun as far as college football goes. Yeah, bowl game season, National Signing Day, transfer portal, coaching hires, like – and Christmas. It is Christmas for me and Christmas for college football. So it is a crazy wild time of year. But, okay, so you mentioned the transfer portal. We we said it last week. We are dedicating a significant portion of this podcast to the transfer portal. And if anything comes up while we're talking that we don't know off the top of our heads, we can hop on 24-7 and, and figure it out real quick. Because, I mean, there's so much in the transfer portal. Not like – obviously in the nation at large, but even in the Big Ten, there's no way we're going to touch every single topic and every single player. So if you're listening to this and you're like, you're an Illinois fan 
or a Northwestern fan, like any any fan of a Big Ten team, follow your local beat writers because we can't spend all that time doing every player for every team. We're focusing on the big guns. So we're doing transfer portal, portal key additions and key losses. We're highlighting on the big names and some big moves that programs are making. And speaking of big programs, let's just start out with the program that happens to have the number one ranked transfer portal class. And they also are the number one team in the Big Ten, and that's the Michigan Wolverines. They have hit the portal hard so far. They've got five commitments from the number two, 12, 43, 65th, and 26th ranked transfers in the portal. Four of their five guys are in the top 50 in the portal. I mean, they are going ham with this one. And they really needed to because their 2023 class doesn't look like it's going to turn out. So we were talking about this a little bit before we got on. But who do you think, we mentioned his name, who's the gem of this transfer portal class? I I mean, honestly, when you look at what they've, you know, what they've been able to do and how – how much these players can impact their team. Um, I said it to you, you know, I said, they've got to get a linebacker. They have to have a linebacker. And for them to go into Nebraska, get Ernest Hausman and get him on this team. I mean, it fills not, not necessarily a gap because I do think Michigan has had very underrated linebacking play this past season but it just gives them the abil- the ability to become elite at another level on the defense. And you can already see that happening. And they have just, they've gone out there and in the transfer portal done exactly what they needed to do because of the, let's say, lackluster showing in the 23 class. <clears throat> and we don't really think it's going to, you know, skyrocket from here. No, it's not. I mean, as of right now, it's just, it's pretty unbelievable when you look at what Michigan has done in the transfer portal, um, filling some major gaps. And because and, of the academic standards at Michigan, too, I am oh yeah that they are number yeah. one. Like this tells me that there's like there's a newfound commitment to the portal and to the football program with them being ranked at number one because before this. We talk about it with other sports at Michigan, you know, off pod about how transfers are so hard to come by because of the academic standards and they don't take all the course credits from other universities. It's very, very specific. And the fact that they're doing this with guys necessarily from, you know, Ivy League schools and not Mm -hmm. crap on Nebraska or anything, but but it's impressive that they've done this and committed to this. And so, yeah, go ahead. Ernest Hausman, just to kind of jump on what you're saying here, he is – so they they re-rate these kids when they transfer. They give them a star rating as far as a transfer goes. He's a five-star, um, kind of goes without saying. Um, the kid from Coastal Carolina, the D-end, I, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Josiah Stewart. Josiah Stewart, also a five. He's either a four or a five. I think he's a four Um, because he's the 26th ranked transfer. So probably. Yeah, he's a four. So he's a four. Um, I mean, and you have to look at it in this sense. 
It's a four-star and a five-star who have proven themselves at the college level. There is no coming in from high school and having to prove yourself. I mean, it's just like um, the center that Michigan went out and got from Virginia, you know, who has been the number one offensive lineman in the country. Well, it was no shock to anybody because he was the number one offensive lineman in the country the year before at Virginia. So you don't have to have that, oh my gosh, but do we know if this kid is really going to, you know, whatever. And with the coaching culture that Michigan currently has, you are seeing them be able to go out and, you know, talk to these kids and be like, hey, we want you. And I, I mean, look at what we're doing. Look, look how we're winning. Look how we're building for the future. Like, why not come to Michigan and try and win it all? And I think this is Michigan and a lot of Big Ten schools. <clears throat> this is not just a message to Michigan. Uh, I think Michigan is kind of opening the door and showing other teams how to do it. But I think if you're if you're a school in the Big Ten, this is the way to build a national championship team. And I'm serious when I say that. You go and you hit the portal hard. You get those kids who have proven it at other places. And a lot of the kids that Michigan is getting are fifth-year seniors. And that's fine. I, I mean, you want those talented, you know, high-level guys who have proved it for many years. But I think this is the new way to build a national championship contender in the Big Ten. Yeah, it the transfer portal is how Lincoln Riley made USC relevant so quickly. Like it, Absolutely, it, 100%. It took one offseason for them to be in the college football playoff conversation. So the transfer in portal... The, in the last week of the season, not just like week four, week right. five. No, a final week. Right. Like they were in a position where they controlled their own destiny. So win and you're in. Well, and he needs to work on that defensive side of the football. Port needs to hit the portal on the defensive side now. Yes, he does. Unfortunately, no defensive coordinators are in the portal because that may be his biggest need. But, but yeah, the portal is the way to quickly wow. roasted. Boom, boom. Uh, but the portal is the quickest way to fill holes on your team like recruiting now don't hear what we're not saying recruiting is still the absolute lifeblood of college football and it is still very necessary to have a pipeline of talent from high school but the portal is portal is where you you fill the holes that are left by recruiting for sure exactly because you're not going to hit on every kid out of high school and the portal is where you rebound from that uh last point on michigan three of those five are offensive linemen, which right now it's like, why did they go get all those guys? Like they got freaking studs up front. Well, they are studs up front, which means they'll probably be declaring for the draft not too long after their season is over. So TBD on how many of those guys are actually declaring, but um, they went and got three offensive linemen in the portal too, which I think is really good for depth. And we'll see how many of those guys end up getting serious playing time next year. Well, and let me and let me just point this out as well. On the offensive and defensive line, you know how many players is enough. However many you have, like you can't have enough. You can't have enough depth on the offensive line on the defensive line. Like you can't. You're one hundred percent right. And in college football, especially, a guy goes down. It can ruin – we have seen it time and time again. It can ruin your season because 
you can go from an elite level player at let's say left tackle, right tackle to you've got a freshman coming in and doesn't know which way is up. Exactly. So cannot have enough depth at those positions. But anyways. Yep. Well said. And we'll hop off of Michigan and go to, I think this has got to be the most interesting big 10 team when it comes to portal additions. And it's the Iowa Hawkeyes. They currently have the number six, the sixth ranked transfer portal class in the country uh, with their two commits, both former Wolverines, quarterback Cade McNamara and tight end Eric All. Eric All was the 17th ranked transfer. Cade was the 79th. That gap actually surprised me a little bit how how large it was. But but these two guys, if you're an Iowa fan, you're looking at these guys like, okay, how far away were we from another Big Ten championship game birth this year? We were a quarterback away, like a quarterback with a pulse away. And that's what Cade McNamara is. Now, if Brian Ferentz is still there, don't expect Cade McNamara to come in here and to light the world on fire in Iowa. That's not the kind of quarterback that he is. Tell me if you disagree with this, Ethan, because I was thinking about this in terms of what the ceiling is for Iowa with Cade McNamara, because they're probably looking at him as their savior. But when I think about Cade, obviously was an awesome quarterback at Michigan and won them a Big Ten championship. But I don't feel like he's going to go anywhere and just significantly elevate the guys around him. Like he makes good decisions. He doesn't turn the football over, but he's not really an outside of the playbook kind of guy. He's an inside the playbook kind of a guy. No, he absolutely is. And in, in why a, a large portion of why, <clears throat> excuse me, I do feel as though he can work at Iowa is because of the fact that they rely so much on the trenches and going between the tackles and just don't turn the ball over and punting is winning. Well, they did so much of that this season and their offense was so inept that it just kept their defense on the field way too much. And punting is winning only when you're winning and they were not winning very often. So I do think that they're, I I, want to say this. I think there is a sick, 65 to 75% chance that it it works out for Iowa and they are contending for the West next year. And then I think does the rest out of, for Iowa mean they make the Big 10 championship game? No, it means that they last 2 weeks of the season are in the conversation. Cuz I per, I personally think with no, you know what? It does. It does. Okay. I was going to say, I feel like this move because of how bad the West is, it does. Yeah. Cause it's, cause it's going to take yeah. like Illinois is going to have to reload. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to take fickle and rule a little bit of time at Nebraska mm-hmm. and Wisconsin to really get things moving. So I feel like yeah. Iowa, if you went and got these guys who you believe mm-hmm. are really important players to your success in the portal this year, if it doesn't work out next year and you're not playing in Indianapolis, it was a failure. Yeah, I, I think that in order for it to be considered a success, you got to make it to that championship game. 
I do think you're right. I, I kind of just reevaluated that in my head, and you are right. And I just think that it, you know, you got Eric All coming in. You have obviously Cade, and those guys have chemistry together. Um, they played really well together, and you know, I, I just I think that there is. Like I said, I think there's a 65 to 75% chance that it really does work out Yep. and that their defense stays playing at that really high level and then they elevate the offense enough to get them to the point where they can start making some noise. Um, it's not going to be easy. I, I haven't really gone in depth on Iowa's schedule next season. Um yeah, me either. But a, big, me either. but a Big Ten schedule it ain't an easy schedule. No, so, it's not. And you know the good thing the good thing for Iowa besides Cade and Eric is like Caleb Johnson at running back started to come on strong towards the end of the year. So like if they can if they can just play complimentary football and and trust mm-hmm. us, Iowa fans, Cade's not going to turn the ball over. He's not going to be mm-hmm. stupid. He's not gonna he's not going to make those kind of throws that Spencer Petras made or didn't make. I should say. He's going to make the easy throws look easy, and mm-hmm. he's going to throw the ball away and live to fight another day when he needs to. So can I make one can I make one point here? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm very interested to see if that was a product of the way he was coached at Michigan and the play calling around him. Because yeah. let's not kid ourselves, the coordinators at Michigan and Iowa are eons apart. They are nowhere in near the same stratosphere. So if he goes to Iowa and the coaching on the offensive side of the ball is, let's say, 50% of what it was at Michigan, I don't know is the answer. I don't know if he is a guy who isn't going to turn the ball over and, you know, is going to make all – I mean, it doesn't make him a completely different player. Right. But if the if the coaching around him and – he played behind the best offensive line in the country at Michigan. So yeah. when you get him to move and you get him some happy feet, we'll see. I mean, we, we shall see. My my strong thought is that it is going to work out for Iowa. That is my, my majority thought, is that it will work out. But there is a piece that's like, mm, I'm not sure. Yeah. No, that's a really good point, talking about the difference in coaching. Um, so I feel like we've kind of dissected Cade as a player a little bit, but I don't want to leave this conversation without bringing up the point that, that Cade wants that smoke. (laughs) He, he absolutely, there's no doubt in my mind that the number one reason he picked Iowa is he was like, Oh, I can go play the school that told me I wasn't good enough to be their starter anymore after I won them a championship. I can go play them again in that championship game that I won for them and make them regret it. There is no doubt in my mind that that is what Cade is envisioning right now as he's preparing to go to Iowa. He wants that game. He wants it to be Michigan and in Indianapolis and he wants it bad and Props to that's, him. Michigan wants it too. I was gonna say that's that as a Michigan fan, and listen, I I love Cade McNamara. He won us a Big Ten championship. I have said it time and time again on this podcast. 
He won my team. He was the quarterback that won a Big Ten championship for the first time in a very long time. And the first time they've been to a Big Ten championship game. And they won it. And that's huge. And it makes me elated. So I I love him. But listen, if that's what he's feeling and that's the kind of smoke that he wants, guess what? You're going to leave all your blood, sweat, and tears on the field, and you're going to get beat by 30. Yeah, if you you want the smoke, you might just get it. Yeah, (laughs) you you might. Because Michigan's really, really good this year, and I'm not taking that for granted, and I'm so happy, and you never know what's going to happen going forward. But all signs are pointing to that team being better next year. Yeah, I I agree with you a little bit. I mean, we'll see when we start breaking down so, season stuff. We, but yeah, we we shall see. We we shall see exactly. But I think both of us are in agreement. If Iowa doesn't go to Indianapolis, this was a failed experiment. Uh, all right, next team up, uh, big transfer portal additions. I think Wisconsin is probably the next team we bring up, and Luke Fickle went and got himself a quarterback because Graham Mertz left. And so the spot was open, open for the taking. And I'm not really sure who Wisconsin has on the roster currently that anyone would have liked to take that job. But Fickle went out and got Nick Evers from Oklahoma in the portal. He was a four-star recruit in the class of 2022, uh, ranked 172nd nationally out of high school. And I mean, if you're a Wisconsin fan, you're thinking to yourself, Ooh, Lincoln Riley wanted this guy like he wanted that dude to come run his offense. So you got to be a little bit excited about the potential playmaker that you're getting at Wisconsin. Um, so I think it's something for, to be honest, it's kind of funny because this is going to be the quarterback that Wisconsin fans have been most excited about since Graham Mertz, Graham Mertz. <laughs> who they thought was going to come in and just take them over the hump. So I really hope they don't get their hearts broken twice in a row. Graham Mertz, addition by subtraction. I mean, hasta la vista. If you're a Wisconsin fan, like you just got to be so happy to see that guy go. He's been a disaster. Like, he's just been an, an unmitigated disaster at Wisconsin. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, look, you've got Luke Fickle coming in. You know he's going to shake some things up. You know there's going to be some things that are different. And, man, I I, I just, you know, we know that we're going to have to give him some time to build that team. But you you always have that, like, little piece of hope in the back of your mind that, like, but maybe we'll be really good next year. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. But maybe maybe we could just instantly be good, you know, kind of like USC. You know, you, everybody wants to be that. Um, and they've got Braylon Allen coming back, too. So, like, you've got do. your stud running back. And if you can yeah, you've got your stud running back. And a new head coach. Your O-line, your O-line is, your, you know, Their your O-line should is, get better. Because their offensive line was not up to Wisconsin standards this year. No, 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 no. Not up to Wisconsin standards. Uh, how about just not up to standards? I mean, I mean I if you're grandma. She'd be like, these boys are not very good, Alex. I remember watching their game against Washington State, and they were getting pushed around by Washington State. And I was like, what is going on? Who is Wisconsin? Where is Wisconsin? 
So, you know, they, they got to get better in the trenches. You know, Fickle's going to coach these kids up. I mean, he is, he's the penultimate, like two stars or four stars, three stars or five stars guy, you know, like he turns guys into their full potential. So it'll be really interesting to see. And, and I, I think there is some potential there for them to be good next season. And when I say good, like go win eight or nine games. Yeah. Actually, can you look this up for me really quick? I'm pretty sure that the offensive coordinator they just brought in, I think his name's Phil Longo. I want to say he's been the offensive coordinator with Mac Brown at North Carolina, where Drake May has been putting up all these numbers. And if that's the case, and you're getting the kind of quarterback that you think you're getting in the portal, it might not be outlandish to think that we're back to business as usual with Iowa and Wisconsin being at the top. Yeah, he's, he's the OC. At uh, He was at North Carolina. Well, he, uh, yeah, he was, and but now he's at Wisconsin. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yep. So I don't think it's unrealistic for us to at least early reactions be like, okay, it's probably going to be back to business as usual, and Iowa and Wisconsin will be the two main contenders to come out of the Big Ten West because everyone else feels like they're losing significant players, um, significant impact guys, uh, even in the bottom half of the Big Ten West. So. Wisconsin has something to be optimistic about, 100%. Who is your team for next year in the West outside of those two that we just talked about who you're like, they could go win it? Oh, I mean, I, f- I feel like the only other logical pick would be, um, would be Nebraska, right? Like, unfortunately, like Minnesota is going to be losing guys. Illinois losing guys. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other teams in the West right now, too, to be honest. But Purdue is losing Charlie Jones and Aiden O'Connell and working in a new head coach. So I don't think there's really anyone else. I, I kind of expected you to say Illinois. Um, Nebraska just has so many, so many holes to fill. They do. I think Illinois has a better chance of doing it than Nebraska. They might. They're not bringing a new head coach in or anything, but they are replacing maybe one of the one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. They're losing a lot of that secondary talent. Who those are guys who are playing in the league for sure. Oh yeah, Chase Brown oh, yeah. is going to be gone. His brother is going to be gone. Who played safety? So I don't know. To be honest, it might not matter who the third best team is because Iowa and Wisconsin might be that much better than everybody. <laughs> But that's like you can super early reaction. Around very quickly, signed Michigan fan in 2020, Michigan fan in 2021. Bro, that's so true. That's a great <laughs> point. I mean, we were hot, steaming garbage yeah, in 2020. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, they actually are going to play football. And then I was like, no, 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 please cancel more games. And then they played with uh, Minnesota in week one. And I was like, oh, Joe Milton's the next coming of Cam Newton. And then mm-hmm. then he wasn't. Oh, then he wasn't. Then he wasn't. I, I saw actually, I saw on Twitter the other day, Joe Milton was, uh, Joe Milton was like, had his arm around some Tennessee quarterback recruit 
on the sideline and he was coaching him up. And every Tennessee fan on Twitter was like, oh, dear God, please don't. So someone get Joe away from our quarterback. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love so it. Funny. He's going to be starting their bowl game. Yeah, he will. I mean, I might I might catch a ball from him from him in Pennsylvania. Wow. Because those overthrows no. are something else. No, he's far too honed in on one receiver. Somebody is bound to pick it off before it gets to you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, so that's the biggest Wisconsin news. Nebraska had a couple of interesting guys they picked up in the portal. Uh, a defensive back from Florida, Corey Collier, who looks really good. Jeff Sims, quarterback from Georgia Tech. So I thought this was going to be bigger news. And then Casey Thompson announced that he was coming back. But Jeff St- Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech still has a ton of talent, and he's a dual threat guy. Something in my brain is telling me Matt Rule is going to have some kind of package for him to come in and have some running plays. And and Matt Rule's not going to let a guy that talented stay on the bench. No, he's not going to go to waste, and he would not have transferred if they didn't guarantee him playing time. 100%. I, yeah. I think that's a exactly He's going to play. He is going to play. He is. They currently have the number uh, the number 20 transfer portal class in the country. They also got a commitment from someone else today, I forget. Uh, but it was another guy from Florida. I think it was another defensive back. Uh, honorable. Okay, I got it. Yeah. I got to know really quick. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm on 24 sevens, like looking at these lists. Yeah. I see Iowa at number 15. For transfer portal list rankings, uh-huh. to be honest, it might be updated from like stuff that happened today. But do you have just the Big Ten selected, or do you have all? No, I had all, and Iowa was at six yesterday. Because is Iowa sixth in the Big Ten? No, they're number fifteen in the country. But it shows they only have two commits. Yeah, they do only have two, but yesterday it was showing up as they had the sixth best transfer portal class in the country. Okay. Well, apparently a lot has transpired because Michigan is still number one with seven commits. Yeah. I mean, it even happened yesterday because I was looking at Michigan's linebacker commit, Ernest Hausman. Like, he was the number one in the portal, like, in the beginning of the day. And then Travis Hunter announced and he dropped to number two. So, yeah, this stuff is hard to keep up with. So, very yeah rankings may be uh out the door by the time anyone listens to this but the players are all still there so we're getting that right honorable mentions for uh transfer portal guys dante cephas is a uh, wide receiver who's crystal ball to penn state right now he's the around the 18th ranked transfer depending on when you look at the rankings to misi uh adelie I probably butchered that defensive lineman who is projected to MSU. They also got a D lineman from Florida State today. He's the 16th ranked transfer in the portal, and they need all the help they can get on defensive line. They got a retool there, and then a uh, an offensive guard, yes, guard from Rhode Island. He's one of the best offensive linemen left in the portal right now. Ajani Cornelius. He's considering Ohio State and Nebraska, and he's committing tomorrow. Well, tomorrow for us, because we're recording on Tuesday. He's committing on signing day. So by the time you hear this, you'll know where he went. And if it was Ohio State, Nebraska, there's a couple other schools in the mix. But he'd be a really, really good guy for either of those schools to get. Okay, so let's go from key additions to some key losses. Uh, 
let's start out with Indiana. And you might ask why we're starting out with Indiana. Because everyone is leaving Indiana. I mean, they are losing so many guys to the portal. Nobody wants to be there. Nobody. They've lost in the double digits. Easy. Players to the portal. The biggest guys they're losing, tight end A.J. Barner, who just committed to Michigan today. And they're losing three quarterbacks. Connor Bazelak, Grant Grimmel, and Jack Tuttle, who Jack Tuttle also just committed to Michigan along with A.J. Barner. Um, so Michigan's just trading backup quarterbacks and tight ends within the conference, apparently. But the only reason I'm bringing this up really is because Indiana might be worse next year than they were this year. Now, Dexter Williams at quarterback, when he played a little bit this year, I thought he showed some, some flashes of greatness, but if he's got nobody around him, I mean, they're just going to be trash. Yeah. And maybe, maybe Indiana could catch up and, try and contend for worst team in the Big Ten so they could get your Wildcats out of there. I mean, them and Northwestern. Oh, wait, no, that's not possible. Northwestern has to win on American soil before they can even talk about being members of the Big Ten still. They're they're building that shiny new stadium on good faith that they'll have a portion of the Big Ten's TV deal. Oh, yikes. What a horrible preseason pick on my part. Uh, yes. I lost 20 bucks in how bad Northwestern was. 20 bucks. <laughs> All right. Um, next one. And I think this is actually pretty significant. I was losing two wide receivers to the portal. I know. You're all shocked as you're listening to this. Uh, one is four-star Keegan Johnson, who's going to Kansas State. Four star, the, his four-star ranking was his transfer ranking. And then they're losing four-star Arlen Bruce, who he hasn't committed yet. He was also a four-star out of high school, along with being a four-star in the in the cycle. I've got a feeling in my stomach that one of these guys, if not both of them, is going to be the next Charlie Jones. I mean, I, I just – the fact that they're both still rated as four-star wide receivers in the portal, does that not tell you, like, everything you need to know? Like, Iowa had zero production at wide receiver, and yet you have two kids who are leaving as four stars to go somewhere else. Like, that that's just unbelievable. The incredibly bad quarterback play that they got, and the fact that, like, people who know football can look at those two players and be like, yeah, I mean, it's not their fault that Iowa was this bad. Like, it's just hilarious to me. Yeah, every scout in the country is like, oh, no, you got some good guys. You, you got some players over there in Iowa. And just no one to get them the ball and no one to scheme them open. Uh, so Cade's going to be looking for guys to throw to in Iowa. He's going to get – he's got to get on the recruiting trail here soon. They're also losing Alex Padilla, their backup quarterback, which it's not going to matter if Cade's healthy because he's their guy, but but – you always wonder if you're going to need the backup. So hopefully they don't. But losing two four-star receivers is not a good sign. So they, they got to do something to fill in the gap in production because Laporta is probably leaving their stud of a tight end. And maybe, you know, can they turn Eric All into an NFL 
caliber of, of tight end, you know, we'll see. But they got to have somebody for, for Cade to throw to if they want to reach the heights that they want to reach next season. Uh, I think Eric All has the potential to be very, very good. And I think he got really ticked off watching how well Colston Loveland was playing and knowing, like, there goes my playing time. And it happened because, see, and this is this is the big thing where everybody gets so upset when you lose your job to injury. Like, I shouldn't be able to lose my job to an injury. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Somebody filled in your shoes and was doing it better than you were. So you don't get to go back to being the starter. And Colston Loveland looks like he is going to be a stud at tight end. I mean, so I think he was really butthurt about that. But I think Eric Hall has the potential to be really, really good. Not to get back to Iowa, but I think he has the potential to be very good. Yep, I agree. I agree. Speaking of how bad Northwestern's going to be next year, Malik Washington, their leading wide receiver, he was their leading wide receiver this year, had 694 receiving yards and one touchdown. Their leading receiver put up those numbers, and he's leaving, along with Evan Hull, along with their uh, All-American left tackle. Like, Northwestern's going to be, ugh. They're going to be horrible. You want to say you you want to say they can't get worse, but the reality is they will be. They will be worse. They will be worse. That's sad. That is sad. Real sad. Um, Wisconsin is losing Graham Mertz. We mentioned that they're losing Isaac Garendo. He was their third leading rusher. So like, not a huge thing, but you know. It doesn't hurt to have depth guys at running back. Uh, he had five touchdowns this, touchdowns this year, so he's gone. And probably the biggest transfer portal loss that nobody is talking about, Nebraska is losing wide receiver DeColdis Crawford. Rip in peace. Rip in, Rip in peace. peace. To, the best, to the best name in college football being at a Big Ten school. Unless he transfers to another Big Ten school. Hey, Northwestern could use a wide receiver. So so could Iowa, apparently. And Indiana will take anybody. But, yeah, just just an all-time football name. And, you know, it sucks to let him walk out your door. You know, that's a culture guy. That's, that's a guy who makes people laugh in the locker room for sure. So, the coldest, we wish you the best. <laughs> there you there. Couldn't have put it better myself. Maryland, really quick. Yeah. Maryland currently has the 10th ranked transfer portal um, <clears throat> rank, followed immediately at 11 by Minnesota. Oh, dude. D- did these just change overnight? What the? You're looking at 2023, right? Not 2022? Because I got mixed up a couple of times on the years. No, I am looking at 2023. Okay. Well, on on the fly, is there anyone you're seeing there who's like someone important to to note or maybe at a position of note? So Maryland has three four stars locked up in the transfer portal. Okay. Um so they have <clears throat> I'm looking here. Let me see. I'm gonna pull it up too. 
They have a safety coming in from Miami, Avante Williams, four-star kid. Um, he has immediate eligibility, and he has three years left of eligibility. Okay. They're getting a four-star corner, um, uh, Jaquan Shepard from Cincinnati. <clears throat> and, I mean, so that – they've got – They've got a few guys that are coming in that look nasty, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at these rankings. These definitely changed overnight. This is definitely not what okay. I was looking at. Not what I was looking at at all. All right. Everybody, throw the numbers I said out the window and go check 24-7 sports right now. Uh, all right. Who does Minnesota have? I'm going to pull them up really quick. Um They've got uh, safety who's got no star rating. Let's see. Three-star edge from – or three-star linebacker from North Carolina. Four-star wide receiver from Charlotte. And then they've got two Western Michigan guys, which is not surprising consider, considering where P.J. Fleck used to coach. So, hey, shout-out to – all right, shout-out to, to Minnesota then and uh, Maryland for coming in with top 11 uh, transfer classes. Yeah, Iowa slipped to 15, like you said. Okay. Yep, I'm seeing this. Gosh dang. I thought I was good enough checking yesterday. Oh, well. <laughs> oh. It's all good. I mean, and, and honestly, the thing is, is like these rankings are so – these rankings are very subjective, but at the same time, I almost feel like you can be more accurate with transfer portal rankings than you can with recruiting rankings. I agree. I agree. Like you said, you've seen them play against college competition right. before. Right. Like these high school kids Man. are playing against, you know, little Johnny who's 5'8", 160 pounds soaking wet. Like think think about this. Michigan has one five-star and five four-stars coming in via the transfer portal. That's huge. That's crazy. That's huge. That's crazy. I mean, and two three stars like that is instant impact on your team. Absolutely, absolutely. They are going to push the guys who are starters, or they're going to be your starters right away if you're losing. Yeah. Guys. So just and it's what you said, and it's what you said earlier. Um, what we were talking about when you said you know recruiting is still the baseline; it's a lifeline of your system; it's the heart of your system. But then what the transfer portal is now becoming, okay, well, I could really use depth at these two positions, and I could use a starter at this position on offense and this position on defense. And Michigan is going out and making that happen. And, I mean, shout out Maryland, man. Like, Maryland looks like they're getting it done right now, too. They've already got four four commits, and three of them are four stars. So, that's big. That's big. I don't know. I, it's It's – this is going to be nuts, dude. We've never seen anything like this. I mean, this is year-round I mean, committing and recruitments. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy, but... It's nuts. All right. I think that's everything with the transfer portal so far, and obviously more will happen. Um, a little National Signing Day preview. Just... Well, it's tomorrow, and by the time you listen, this will be outdated. But right now, Ohio State's got the seventh-ranked class. Penn State's at 12, and Michigan's at 19th nationally. Those are the only guys in the top 20. Big Ten is struggling right now recruiting-wise. But Penn State at 12, 
I think that's impressive for them coming into a year where they have a shot to, to do something special. So props to them for doing that. Um, all right. Yeah. Before we get – we got a bowl game to pick. But before – all right, do you want to do questions from fans before the bowl game or after the bowl game? Before. I thought so. Uh, last time I checked, we only had one. And I'm going to see if that's still the case. Uh, let me pull up Instagram really quick. All right. Yes, it is still the case. Uh, it's from your man, Hans. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's a super great question, actually. Uh, he says, if you couldn't be a U of M fan, which Big mm. Ten team would you root for? Oh. Yeah, that's a great question. A great question. Do you want to take it first or me? Um, I'll take it first. Oh. <sighs> Now, I have to think, like, do I want to do this geographically? No, I definitely don't because I hate Michigan State. He's a Michigan State fan, by the way, people, and I I hate his Sparties. He's probably trying to bait us into saying Michigan State, but it won't happen. Right? Yeah, no, not happening. Um, Mine would be Nebraska. I would be a Nebraska fan. You love Nebraska. Yeah. Like, love The reason being, they're in the opposite division, and like, well, we're saying this in like, I can't be a Michigan fan, so I have to pick Nebraska. I think their future's really bright. Their fan base is nuts. Like, Nebraska's fan base is absolutely insane. I mean, they were packing out their stadium and going crazy for a team that is dog water. So, I would definitely pick... I would pick Nebraska. I, I was debating between Minnesota and Nebraska, but like PJ Fleck is a little bit too much for me. So I would take I'd take Nebraska. He's too much for you, but you said last week on the pod that you think he's a better coach than James Franklin. L- listen, listen. Jim Harbaugh is also too much for me, but I absolutely love the man. So also I put up a poll last week, PJ Fleck versus James Franklin on Instagram. Who would you mm-hmm. rather have coach your team? PJ Fleck won. Let's go, people. Let's go. You guys get it. You guys get it. James Franklin is trash. <laughs> Let's go. These people understand football. Thank you. It's because they listen to you, <laughs> I guess. I did vote on that poll. I did not see the final results. I voted on the poll, too, so we canceled each other out. Um, all right. The team that I would root for if I could not be a Michigan fan, I think I think I would be a Wisconsin fan. Oh, no. Michigan has had way too many like battles with Wisconsin over the years. They have, but what I love about Wisconsin, one – uh, I've never been to the stadium, but it looks awesome. Like Madison in general, I've heard is a really cool college town. I've heard from a couple of friends who went there. Uh, the jump around. I was literally just going to say the jump around is one of the coolest traditions, not just in the conference, in the whole freaking country. Like I want to go and feel the stadium I'm in shake because of all of those fans jumping around. 
So the jump round is definitely up there. And I love that they have an identity. Like as far as Big Ten schools go, they're probably running back you. Like you've got James White. You've got Jonathan Taylor. You've got Melvin Gordon. Braylon Allen is there now. Like you've had really good running backs at like Ohio State too. Ohio State's probably the only one that's even in the conversation for RBU in the Big Ten. But I love that Wisconsin has that identity, and it feels like they're just that quarterback away. They're just that electric wide receiver away, which it felt like that was where Michigan was for a really long time. So so give me that feeling of like, oh, we're right on the cusp of something really freaking awesome. So give me Wisconsin. They should have won, won a natty when Russell was there. Bro, they should have. They should have. But that's my point, too, is like they're, they were a Russell Wilson away from being Big Ten champs, and they did it. So give me Wisconsin. I like that. I like that. Okay. All right. Uh, I respect they it. They need to up their uniform game just a little bit, though. Yeah, Nebraska could, too. Adidas uniforms, yikes. Yeah, they, they miss. Me and Corey celebrated so hard, like out, like pretty outlandishly hard. Like People would be like, what are you doing? when Michigan switched back to Nike from Adidas. Do you remember that? Like, we were going crazy. I remember because the weekend after they announced it and they switched out all the MDEN gear, I drove down to Ann Arbor like an hour and a half from where I lived and went shopping because I was like, I'm throwing out all this Adidas trash. So did I. Yeah, that was a great moment. That was a great moment. I went the day they released it all. Yeah. The day they released it, I was there. I bought like three t-shirts, a pair of sweatpants, a hoodie. I still I have the hoodie I bought that day. I don't. Mine got sun bleached in the back of my car. Oh, bro. That sucks. Yeah. Okay. So we've only got one game to pick. Uh, our first Big Ten Bowl game of the year. How exciting is this? Of the year. Good, uh, good reference to the season. Very relevant. I like it. It's the most wonderful time. It's bowl season. There are one, two, three, four, five. Oh no, wait! I'm counting way wrong. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There are a minimum of nine Big Ten bowl games, depending on what Michigan and Ohio State do. Currently, I'm six games behind you in the picks, and Corey is seven games behind you in the picks. Did MSU get a bowl game? Uh, wait, let me think. No. I actually didn't know. That's why I was asking. <laughs> Hans won't. Well, I knew they were part of that, like, five and seven bid to they, get a bowl game. Yes, they did only win five games. That is true. That is a fact that that happened. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Lame. Uh, but it, it's going to take a miracle for me or Corey to beat you in the picks. But it is possible. It is possible. So you're still in the lead. You get to go last. Corey is last, so he has to go first. He has texted me his pick. It, so the bowl game is the Guaranteed Rate Bowl on December 27th. Wisconsin minus three and a half versus Oklahoma State. Uh and the only reason we're picking this game, because it actually is happening on a Tuesday, but it's going to be like while we record. So that should actually be pretty fun. Or it's going to be like the day that we record. 
Uh, Corey said his pick. Oh, he was on a date, by the way. That's why he wasn't here tonight. That's what he told me. He said Should I was on a date. Out? He dubs. Should we shout out Corey's date? Shout out to Corey's date right now. Hey, yo, Corey's date. Respect. Respect. I mean. I know how hard he is to hang out with. (laughs) We do it once a week. And (laughs) me and Ethan have a little therapy session afterwards. That's right. And it ain't in person. So bless you. (laughs) But Corey is taking Oklahoma State plus three and a half. Uh, that's his pick, which makes me feel really, really awesome about taking Wisconsin minus three and a half. Oklahoma State can play some booty defense. Like they lost Jim Knowles to Ohio State. They got wrecked by Kansas State 48 to nothing at one point this year. Oklahoma State's starting quarterback and running back are in the transfer portal. I think Wisconsin is going to go in there and push some boys around. Give me Wisconsin to cover minus three and a half. Um, Oklahoma State plus three and a half. I'm sorry, Wisconsin. Like, no. You're giving me points for Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's going to win this game outright. Mark my words. Bro, you know what? Fine. I'm Team Badger this podcast. Uh, They'd be my secondary school. I'm picking them to cover. Let's go, baby. I'm on the Badger train. Jump around with me, everybody. That was supposed <laughs> to be the start of the jump around song. Whatever that noise was that you just made is the noise collectively of everybody hearing your pick. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Well, that's all we got. We're done. Nothing else to pick, nothing else to talk about. Uh, If you've made it with us this far, thank you. We wish you the merriest of Christmases. Watch so much football. Get so many jerseys and gear under your Christmas tree. And uh, don't be naughty like us. Be nice, everybody. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Peace.